You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at livethemessage.org. Hey, good morning, LifePoint Church. Thank you so much for joining us. I know in this unique day, in this unique format, um, you know, online church isn't the same as gathering together, but nonetheless, we're making the most of this moment, and the reality is nothing can stop the church. Nothing surprises God. And God is calling our church to rise to the occasion in this moment and recognize the opportunities. You know, I've thought over the last several days about some of the things that we've said around here over the last couple of years, uh, that revival starts in the home, that parents are the best disciples of their kids, that intimacy with Jesus starts in the home, and, uh, and the church is more than a building. And all of these ideas and truths, kingdom truths, are really coming to head in this moment. And in this morning, I feel like it's a beautiful expression of that. The church is so much more than a building. Uh, Our gatherings are important, but they're really catalysts to so much more. And it's about the gospel going out into our neighborhoods. And this morning, I just want us to embrace this beautiful expression of the gospel. Uh, Us gathering together in our living rooms with, with our families and our friends and seeking the Lord still. The kingdom of God sprinkled across our, our city and surrounding communities. Uh, let's just embrace this moment as a church family. This morning, I want to do two, two very simple things with us as a church family. I want to encourage us, and I want to give us a charge. I want to encourage us with the truth that we're going to look at in Exodus chapter 14. Encourage us with, with this truth that God equips us with authority, with protection, and with his testimony. And then secondly, I want to give us a charge to pray and fast this week. I believe God is, has positioned us for the impossible. He's positioned us for this moment. Um, but we step into those things through prayer and fasting. And so I want to I give us that, that charge, that challenge this week to pray and fast. So I'll come to that at the end. But I want to encourage us first um, by reminding us as a church that God has equipped us for this moment. He's equipped us to step into the impossible, into these, these moments where the miraculous is needed. And he's equipped us with his authority, with his protection, and with his testimony. And we'll see that in Exodus chapter 14 this morning. You know, one of our, our elders during our midweek prayer gathering described this season for our church as a real test. And, and it's these moments where the pressure is on and uh, things become a little bit more difficult, that the substance of our faith is revealed. And I want us to step into this with boldness. And I want us to pass the test. But one thing I've, I've thought about this week as I've just embraced this test for us as a church family is I think I've sometimes uh, misconstrued God's prep, prepping us for tests as meaning uh, that we're going to have all the right answers, that we're going to have the methods and the processes to almost effortlessly pass the test. It's like, it's like preparing for a test in school. Like you, you prepare for the test so that when the, when the questions come, you have the right answer. But I believe in the kingdom of God, God's prepping us or readying us for tests. It's different. It's not so much about having the right answers, having the right procedures or methods, as much as learning about who we are and who we are in him and learning about who he is and who his character and who he's described himself to be, who he's revealed himself to be uh, to us as his followers. And so I believe that the equipping that God has done in our lives as followers of Jesus, uh, it, it comes in that form. It comes in the form of God equipping us with his authority, with his protection, and with his testimony. So in the days to come, there's lots of unknowns still. There's a lot of mystery that we're stepping into as a church family, uh, as individuals. But I'm confident that God's going to see us through. 
so let's look at Exodus chapter 14 this morning. We've been here over the last several weeks um, looking, about how, looking at how God grafts us into the miraculous as the people of God. Um, we, are, we are all, as, as followers of Jesus, as born-again followers of Jesus, we're grafted into the miraculous. And so God is positioning us to step into this, into this season, specifically this crisis, um, with a boldness and with a courage, with a confidence that he's going to see us through. So in the Exodus story, I feel like it's, it's coming to life right now. This is history. Obviously, the Exodus story is, is history. Um, but for us, it's, it's, like, it's almost like we're being placed right in this Red Sea moment for us as a church. The pressure's being put on us, the enemy roaring its face. And the question is whether or not we're going to trust the character of God, trust the nature of God. If we're going to continue to combat fear, if we're going to continue to step through and believe that God's going to be our provider once again. We are equipped with authority, protection, and testimony. So let's look at this moment in the Exodus story in the Red Sea crossing when they're actually rest, when they're actually crossing the Red Sea, like they're actually in the midst of the miraculous here in this moment. Exodus chapter fourteen, starting in verse nineteen, it says, "Then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them." coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea. All of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning watch, the Lord and the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces, and he threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. So they are in the midst of this miracle moment. The Red Sea being parted, like the the laws of nature being defied by God's mighty hand going before them and parting the Red Sea. God uh, miraculously holding back the superpower of the day, the, the Egyptians miraculously confusing them and clogging their wheels. God fighting for them. This is truly a miraculous moment. This is what God has created us for. This moment is unique in its particulars. But in principle, it's not unique. This is the way of the people of God. That God is a God of the miraculous, and he wants us to be a people that trust him and depend on him. That he is the one who fights for us. And so in this moment in history, in this, in this, um, in this age, with this current crisis that we're facing, God is calling us to step in and, and be people of, um, that depend on him, that rely on him, that trust in him in this moment. God has equipped us fully for this moment. We are not a people of methods, we are people of the miraculous. I believe oftentimes we like methods. We like easy answers because it, it makes us feel like what, what we're walking into is predictable. We know what's going to come on the other side. But that's not the way God works. God is a God of the miraculous because he loves to reveal his character and his nature. And as you look through the, the story of the, the Israelites, the children of Israel, God always fights for them. God always makes a way, but his ways and his methods change from time to time. Some some moments, 
In, in this moment, God confuses the enemy, and sometimes God uses uh, Moses uh, miraculous, miraculously by him lifting his staff. Other times, it's by God paring down the army down to just 300 soldiers. Other times, it's by asking the Israelites to march around the walls and, and shout and, and, and worship the Lord. Um, God uses different ways and different methods. It's not always about ha- having the right answers. It's about trusting God, taking his lead, and, and being confident that God's going to make a way. I'm reminded of the call upon the prophet Zechariah as God is calling the people of Israel in a really desperate time in Israel's history when he's calling them to rebuild the temple as, as a result of the, the Babylonian exile and, and also the, the ruling of, of Persia over them. And God calls Zechariah and he says, hey, I'm, I'm raising up this man named Zerubbabel. And it's not going to be by might nor by power, but my, by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That is the way of the kingdom. That it's, it's by God's power, it's by God's mighty hand, and not by our ways, our methods, or our easy answers. So let's take a little cl- closer look at this story and how God has equipped us with authority, with protection, and with testimony. You know, part of the way God equips us for the miraculous, equips us uh, to step into these impossible scenarios, seemingly impossible scenarios, is he equips us with authority. This, um, and I believe one helpful way to think about authority is to think of it as like a conduit. We become a conduit of God's working, of God's purposes, when we, when we, when we live in the authority that God has imparted upon our lives as children of God, as followers of Jesus. You can think of God's authority as like a delegated authority upon us to be his representatives, to be light in the darkness, to be ambassadors for his kingdom. And in this moment, although God could have wrought this miracle by his, uh, completely on his own without the, the, um, without the help of, of Moses, God prefers to work through individuals like you and I, like individuals like Moses. And so here in this moment, God chooses to use Moses to step in with an authority and to be a conduit through which God brings about his purposes. God calls Moses to stand there before the Red Sea and, and uh, raise up the staff and stretch out his hand that the sea would be divided because God chooses to in, in bestow upon us as followers of Jesus, followers of God, to, to live with an authority in him, to be a conduit of his purposes, a conduit of uh, him bringing about his purposes here on the earth. That's the way God prefers to work. Uh, and I reminded you guys of this um, several weeks ago in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 19, when God commissions us to go and make disciples. He's calling all, all of us to be disciple makers. But in verse 18, so 20, uh, Matthew 28, verse 18, he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. It's this authority that he, he gives that he imparts upon us and then he commissions us to go and be a part of his work, to, to be co-laborers with him. God sends us with an authority into our city. He, called, he, he sends us with an authority into our neighborhoods, into our families um, to, be, to be vessels and to be conduits for his purposes. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 22 and 23 says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him as the head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We are his body, and the church 
is not, um, it's not plan B. The church is his plan A. And we become the representation, the fullness of him, the, the embodiment of God on the earth, the revelation of Jesus to our city, to our region, to our neighborhood. So we need, to, we need to understand that God has equipped us fully with his authority. The people of God have this authority to be light in the darkness, to be representatives of his kingdom. And that's the way God prefers to work. Authority in Christ is about a faith in his sufficiency, his rule, and who he is. You know, just think of where Moses has come from. Just in the last uh, weeks or months, you know, Moses, just weeks or months ago, was um, fearfully in his father-in-law's pasture, you know, um, shepherding his father's sheep when the Lord encounters him there through the burning bush. And he doubted the Lord's call in his life. He didn't think the Lord could, could use him. He's, he's too old. He doesn't have the words to say. And here, Moses is standing before the roaring Red Sea with the Egyptians behind him. And in boldness, with the authority of God, he raises that staff over the Red Sea. And God brings about this miraculous, um, miraculous way uh, into, the, into the wilderness, to the other side, on their way to the promised land. That is the way God prefers to work, is through people like, like you and I, through us as his church. So God has equipped us with his authority. And I felt like to lead us through um, these ways in which God has equipped us, I felt led to stop throughout this morning and just pray these upon our church with, with a spirit of repentance, but also just a desire for revelation that God would put upon us as a church. So right now, just let's close our eyes, let's bow our heads, and let's pray and seek the Lord uh, that he would, he would convince our hearts of this revelation of the authority that he's given us, that he's equipped us with. So Lord, right now, as a church, Lord, we repent of uh, any passivity, of any timidity in our hearts, especially in this moment. God, we, we don't partner with fear. We don't partner with second-guessing. In this moment, even in light of this current crisis, God, we, we live with an understanding of the authority that you've placed upon us as children of God, as sons and daughters in this kingdom, as representatives of your kingdom. So God, I pray in the days to come, there'd be just an increase of understanding, an increase of uh, embrace of living within that uh, reality, this reality that we, we, we walk in your authority, we live in your authority, um, that we are your plan A in, for this city and for this area to bring hope, to bring light in the darkness, um, to bring gospel answers, not easy answers, but gospel answers in this moment, Lord, in your mighty name. Amen. So secondly, God equips us with his protection. You know, the Israelites are walking through so secondly god equips us with his protection you know the israelites are literally walking through the miraculous right now they're in the midst of it they have a wall of water on each side of them they have the the egyptians on their tail confused held off but i mean the impossible surrounding them it's still a dicey situation. There's still like a sense of fearfulness just because of the, the realities that are surrounding them. But in the midst of this, I want us to understand the levels of God's protection upon the people of God. This is a promise for us, especially in this, this age of such fear, of such panic. I want us to be grounded 
in, in a deeper level of the protection that we have in God. You know, I've been hearing many believers very encouragingly uh, ground themselves in Psalm 91. And it's such a powerful psalm. So I wanted to read part of that to you this morning, just to, as a church to remind us of what we have in God. Psalm 91 says this, that those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Doesn't that sound familiar? He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night near the air that flies in the day. Do not dread the diseases that stalks in the darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. God equips his people with a miraculous protection. And I would say this protection goes even beyond physical protection or physical dangers. God grounds us in a deeper sense of eternal protection in him. And I want us to know that we are equipped with his protection. The Israelites realized that in this moment. It was like God had created around them this shelter, this refuge um, from, the, from the obvious dangers that were surrounding them in this moment. You know, across our country, different measures are being enacted in different cities and different states to, to you know, fend off or ward off the spread of this COVID-19 virus. And, and rightfully so, I think that's obviously wisdom. But one of the, the names for some of the measures being enacted in some cities is, is they're, they're calling people to shelter in place. And I've just, I've just clung to that, that phraseology. And I would encourage us as a church to, in this moment where uh, seeming, you know, seeming danger is surrounding us and, and spreading across, across our country, let's be a people that shelter ourselves in place in the Lord. Let's shelter ourselves in the Lord, find our refuge in Him, discover Him in a fresh way as our shield, as our protector. That's more than any government can do for us, more than any program uh, or professional can do for us. We find our protection first and foremost in the Lord as our protector, as our shield, as our refuge and our shelter. At the end of 2019, I had the privilege and honor of being able to travel to Israel and one of the stops that we took was at the Yad Vashem Holocaust Museum. And it's, it's so fascinating uh, to, to see uh, the, the, um, the events of the Holocaust through the lens of the Israeli nation. Um, and so I got, to, I got to experience that there. And, and so, many, so many amazing, courageous leaders uh, came out of that and made an impact in that seemingly just horrific moment in human history, that crisis uh, on a global level. And one hero of the faith that, that came to mind was Corey Ten Boom. This, this courageous woman uh, stepped into this moment, to this impo- seemingly impossible moment, and God used her in miraculous ways. Her and her family, she, she lived in a house of, of watchmakers, and there in their, um, in their watchmaker's shop, an apartment up above, they, they built a shelter or a little hidden room to hide away Jews uh, that were on the run from the Blitzkrieg. Just a fascinating story that, that she recounts in several, several of her books. Um, this is what Corey Ten Boom says, this amazing hero of the faith in the midst of such a, a global uh, crisis of the Holocaust. She said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, 
you'll be at rest. And later she said that there is no panic in heaven. I believe there's just a, a greater weightiness to this woman's words that she, she spoke with and that she carried in light of the circumstances that she walked through. She walked through these seemingly horrific uh, situations, but with a faith, uh, just an unshakable faith in her God as her, uh, as her rock and as her protector. God is, it was her refuge. God was her shelter. God was her shield. And that's the same is true for us today. In, 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 um, in our current crisis, the pressures are real, that the fears can be real, but we have to remember that God is the one who fights for us. He is our protector. He is our shield. And we cannot fall prey to any of that stuff that the enemy is trying to um, place upon our lives. Later, um, Corey Tenboom tells the story of her, of her sister Betsy's last words as her and her family were taken away to a concentration camp, the Ravensbrück concentration camp. Her, it's there that her sister died because of uh, starvation and a lack of medical care. But Corey recounts the, the last words of her sister Betsy being this, that we must tell them what we have learned here. We must tell them that there is no pit so deep that he is not deeper still. They will listen to us, Corey, because we have been here. This, this woman of faith can, can encourage us to find our protection and shelter in the Lord in the midst of the unknown, in the midst of, of real potential danger, uh, the protection of the Lord goes beyond that, goes beyond the physical. God wants to ground us in this season. And I want to pray that over you right now, that you would encounter Jesus in a fresh way as your protector, as your shield, uh, as your refuge. So let's pray that right now as a church. God, right now we repent of finding our protection in anything uh, outside of you, first and foremost. God, you are our protector. You're the one who fights for us. And God, I pray upon our church family that in this hour, with so much uncertainty, with so much unknown in front of us, that in a fresh way we'd encounter you on a deeper level, beyond physical danger, beyond um, uh, physical potentials, Lord, that we would encounter you as our protector, as our shield, as our shelter, as the one who fights for us. I pray that upon every single person, those that are struggling with anxiety or fear or panic in this moment, God, I just pray for a peace um, in a fresh way as people encounter you as their protector. In your mighty name, amen. So thirdly, I want to encourage you to know that God has equipped us with his testimony. I've quoted this passage uh, over the last several weeks, this, this testimony that the Isra Isra um, Israelites walked into this impossible situation with. It comes in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. says, fear not, Stand firm, and this sounds all the more relevant in this day, in this, in this current crisis. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. That was the testimony of God that they, they walked with into the miraculous, into the impossible. And it's the promise of God that informs our faith for the future. It's the, the testimony of the promises of God that that um, allow us to have a faith in God's character and his nature, it doesn't necessarily equip us with the answers, uh, the, this predictable um, procedure or method for how it's all going to work out, but he does equip us with a faith to be able to rest in God's character and his nature. Several weeks ago, I'm sorry, as we started off the new year, 
2020 with a week of prayer, one of our board members, as he was prayer walking the campus, uh, felt like the Lord was putting upon his heart that revival is coming, but not without, not without opposition. And so uh, now, three months later, uh, that word has just been resonating more and more in my heart, that, that God knew this was coming, and God had been preparing us for this moment with the testimony of Jesus, that, he, that God is bringing revival to our city, to our region. God wants to use our church to be a catalyst for transformation in our region, and but it was going to come with a certain opposition. And so in this moment, when opposition is real, now the dangers are real. The crisis is, is before us. We need to dig our heels in even, even harder, even more intensely and say, God, move. God, you gave us this promise of revival, of transformation in our city, and our region. God, we're going to go after it. And that's why this morning I wanted to give you a charge to pray and to fast this week ahead. Uh, Monday night, we're going to be having a special call to prayer uh, Monday night at 7 o'clock online on this YouTube channel, a call to prayer for our church to pray and fast in this week ahead. Specifically, if you can join us in fasting in some way, for some of you, you're physically able to fast maybe a day or two or three, uh, please join us in that way. Uh, if you're not physically able to do that, maybe fast a meal or two. In some way, um, stoke a deeper hunger in your heart for God first and foremost. And, and let's, as a church family, begin to find our satisfaction first and foremost in him. I believe God is purifying and purging his church of the unnecessary. He's, he's calling us to a, a newer, a singular focus on that which matters most. And so in this hour, I believe it's the, the promise, promise of God, the testimony of Jesus, that's calling us back to that, calling us away from that which isn't necessary and calling us to this pure, just new singular focus on what he has before us. It's in these moments that, that we're squeezed and the pressure is on us when the substance of our faith is demonstrated. So let's press in. Let's go after this together as a church family. I do not remember what I, uh, how I ended this, but... Um, okay, I'll read. Is that, are they both still on? I can do the response? It's all good. So in closing this morning, anytime we gather as a church family, we love to give people an opportunity to respond to the truth of God's word. We believe that's, what's, um, that's, what's, that, that's what it's worthy of, is for us to respond to the truth of God's word. So I want to I give an opportunity for two different responses this morning. One, if you are joining with us and you need to surrender your life to Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, as King, I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. He is he's the only answer for the stuff, the junk that we face, the, the sin issues that we find ourselves in. He is the only answer. We can't clean ourselves up before Holy God. So I want to give an opportunity for any of you out there that are joining us this morning to, to surrender your life to Christ as, as your Savior. But secondly, if you're joining us and you are struggling with any sort of anxiety or fear in light of the current situations that we're walking through um, as a people, I want, to, I want to pray a prayer of peace upon you and pray that you'd encounter Jesus in a fresh way and that our church family would be, be able to rally around you to draw you into the truth of God uh, in this hour. So if that's you, if you're here with us this morning and you desire a prayer for, you desire an encounter with the Lord in light of the fear and anxiety that you're facing, let's pray right now. God, I pray that uh, those joining with us that are uh, in a real way facing fear, anxiety, panic, 
um, just this overwhelming sense of uncertainty, even sleepless nights. God, I pray that the peace of God uh, would still their hearts, that even as the truth of God has been spoken this morning, that, Lord, they would, they would hear the still small voice above the noise of this world, uh, and the noise of this current crisis. Holy Spirit, as comforter and counselor, I pray that you'd encounter people right now in their homes, in their living rooms, in their bedrooms, wherever they're listening to this, I pray that they'd encounter the Prince of Peace, uh, King Jesus, the one who rules perfectly. And, um, and I pray that people would encounter you in a real relevant way as their protector, as their shield, as the one who fights for them, as their, um, as their shelter. I pray that upon every single person in your mighty name. Secondly, if, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. And you can pray like this in your own heart. This is one of the biggest decisions you'll ever make in your life is to surrender your life to King Jesus. So pray like this. Lord, right now I come to an end of myself. I, I've realized that I can't clean my life up on my own. There's nothing I can do to present my life to a holy God. So right now I surrender my life to you. I take a hold of the grace made available to me through the perfect life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. I take a hold of that grace as sufficient for, my, for the forgiveness of my sins. And now I step into new life. I want to be born again. I want to be this new creation that you talk about. And so from this day forward, King Jesus, I'm surrendered to you, to your ways. No turning back in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It seems like at least for next Sunday, we'll still be gathering in this format online. So please help us spread the word. We don't want anyone to fall through the cracks in this season. Please help spread the word by sharing our YouTube channel, by uh, sharing posts online to draw people into this unique season so we can continue to grow, so we can continue to live the message in our city. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us. God bless. This has been the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at livethemessage.org.